The T.C. Martin Show, weekday afternoons at 2 on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas. Online at KSHP.com. And the flush! Oh, the left-hand flush! It's time! Live. Oh, my goodness! In the entertainment capital of the world. Bring your lunch! It's the T.C. Martin Show. With a flex of the muscles! Diagnosis. Look at that! Oh, my goodness! Prognosis. He does a lot of things out on the floor, including dunk. Osmosis. Wow, he could really bounce off the floor. It's the doctor. Oh, the hammer for Oliver. We got a five-point game. Three minutes to go. T.C. Martin. Oh, the putback by Walker. <laughs> the doctor is now in. Welcome back on this Friday edition of the T.C. Martin Show, live from the Westgate of Las Vegas, the world-famous Superbook. Fantastic atmosphere, of course, our Friday home. you got to love it here, the big screen TVs, non-smoking sportsbook as well, too. Don't forget to get on over here during the course of the weekend, especially on Sunday for Football Central, where you can see all of the games in the International Theater. You have food, you have beverage, you got everything there. And, of course, you got the uh, Super Contest here at the Superbook of the Westgate of Las Vegas. Appreciate Jay Cornegay for everything he does for us here. And Jay joined us in the last segment, so appreciate him. Coming up a little bit later this hour, our best bet segment, our three best college plays, three best NFL plays coming up for the weekend. So we will dive into that. Marco D'Angelo joins me here on Fridays. Good to have him here. Trevor Maddich will join us at the bottom of the hour for our best bet segment. But uh, we talk a little basketball in this segment and our good friend, Tracy Murray, the pride of UCLA, the UCLA Bruin Hall of Famer, and does a fantastic does job a fantastic on the UCLA Bruins radio network. He is, of course, in town here because the Bruins are playing tonight at T-Mobile Arena. They'll tip it off a little bit after 6.30 p.m. as the Bruins will be taking on the University of Illinois. It is part of the 2022 main event Roman Classic. Uh, along with uh, Baylor and Virginia, and they will tip it off at 4 o'clock at T-Mobile Arena today. So, yes, you can tell that basketball season is officially here when we have this, uh, these kind of tournaments or these kind of games in Las Vegas. Right, Tracy? Oh, absolutely. Top, top talent, top teams coming in. Good time. What's up, brother? Good to good to hear from you, man. See, we, you know, I, I leave you alone, you know, kind of during the off season. But now, get ready, man. We're going to be bugging the heck out of you. <laughs> it's all good, man. You know, you know, I'm, I'm here. I know you are, man. The the as I like to say, the dual resident uh, from from Southern California to Las Vegas, man. So, but you know, you are really getting used to the Bruins playing here in Vegas, man. I mean, I think this is. This is the second home for the Bruins because it seems like every year you guys got like multiple games here. It is, but I'm not going to like it in a couple of years when we become the Big Ten. It's going to kill our games here in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh man, it, you know, you, since you brought that up, man, let's talk about that because you know a lot of people talk about UCLA and USC moving to the Big Ten from a football perspective but really don't talk too much about it from a basketball perspective. What is your take on the whole situation? Well, I have a different look because I came up in the Pac-10. Uh, we have a tradition. Um, I think all of our history is erased when you think about it if we jump from one conference to another. It's like it doesn't make sense anymore. Your history don't make sense anymore because we have no history in the Big Ten. But all of our history is out here in the Pac-12. Right. So it, it's, it's, I have a – that's the way I look at it. I, I honestly don't like it, but – Whatever you know, UCLA feel is best for them. You know, is best for them. No, you're right. I mean, no, I don't think anybody likes it. Again, especially the traditionalists uh, like we are. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's one thing if you're jumping conferences, you know, that stays on the West Coast or whatever. But I mean, to to go to, especially from a football perspective, where that's the arch rival. You know, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. I mean, that's yeah. that's Rose Bowl. Right. You're messing with our Rose Bowl here, man. I mean, what are we, exactly. what are, what are we going to see here? We're going to see uh, a UCLA or USC against Oregon in, you know, in the Rose Bowl? That makes no sense. Come on. No, it doesn't make sense. That's a regular season game. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, you might see it because uh, USC is always really good. They're always in the top ten in, in football. And, you know, you might see that. Mm-hmm. Tracy Marco here. A question for you: What do you think about 
for football, it's one thing because you're playing one game a week to travel. But for basketball, right. when you've got two games in the week and you're going to have to travel to Penn State, to Rutgers, to Maryland, that's not an easy road trip. And how do you think that's going to take its toll? And do you think that's going to be a factor uh, for you on those road games, but a big factor as well when you guys are playing at home and those teams are coming to your building? I, I think it's a disadvantage to come all the way over there from all of our conference games. You know, it's, you have your home games, but all of your road games are in the Midwest or the East. And that's a significant disadvantage uh, when I look at it that way. Um, and I'm pretty sure all the programs are looking at it that way. It's not, not just basketball, football we're talking about. You're talking about softball. They're going to be playing when it's cold. You're going to talk about golf. They're going to be playing when it's cold. You know, there's a lot of other sports that's going to be playing when it's cold, and they're not used to that. And it's significant. It's two time zones away or maybe three. Yeah. So it's definitely a disadvantage. Yeah, just thinking about that right now. Yeah. Can, you, can you imagine that softball schedule? I mean, oh, you know, it's going to yeah. be brutal. Yeah, 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 totally. But I'll say one thing. I mean, from a softball perspective, some of these other sports, the Pac-12 is going to dominate. <laughs> I mean, I mean I read, I read, not the Pac- I, I still call it the Pac-12, but USC and UCLA, look at they, they should dominate. You know, those, those sports, especially UCLA right, so with that softball program, man. I, I love that softball right, program. Exactly. Yeah. The softball program is fantastic. But then when you like, let's rewind back to basketball for a second. Will we have to recruit differently because we're playing a different style of ball in the Midwest? Will we have to recruit like bigger, stronger, huskier, physical, you know, half court, slower down, you know, physical type game? Are we going to have to recruit that type of player? Well, you got the right coach for that. I mean, because that's the way Mick Cronin yeah. recruited at Cincinnati. Right, and, and being at UCLA, you can recruit all over the nation. So right. um, I, I just don't know if that would change your tactics when it comes to recruiting or not. Yeah, that's unbelievable. We're going to be seeing Tracy Murray uh, just uh, going through these w- winter months, man, all bundled up. He's going to be wearing down oh, jackets man. on the road. I'm not used to that. And you're you're I'm a native California guy, man. I'm used to taking my golf clubs on the road trip. I can't take that back either. Right. <laughs> Forget that, man. Uh, <laughs> Wait till you have the uh, 12 noon Eastern game at Rutgers. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. my goodness. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that game when we played Pitt at noon. And they had to come out here, and it was 3 o'clock their time, and we're playing, you know, an early game like that, or, or maybe the 12 noon game uh, uh, for over for back then. You know, it's like that, that, that was tough, man. It, it, was a, it was an early day for us, but they were up and, and used to it because they were three hours ahead. All I got to say, man, you better invest some orange golf balls. Leave your clubs and balls at home. There you go, man. Tracy Murray joins us. UCLA Brewing. Invest in some teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, man, let's talk about uh, this football game this week. As you well know, man, it, it's rivalry week, but it, it doesn't seem right because it's not even Thanksgiving yet. And USC and UCLA, they should be playing at the end, man. But uh, we, we got it this weekend. It's at the Rose Bowl. This is uh, this is a battle because we got both teams really at the top, you know, right now. So go ahead and call it, man. What's going to happen? I think the loss last week hurt us. You know, I mean, because when you when you only have one loss, you plan for something bigger, and and then to lose to Arizona, looking forward to USC. You know, you got to play every game like it's the USC. You can't look past anybody or not, or one week don't bring your game and, and lose. Now, UCLA is going to be motivated to, to beat SC, not only because it's SC and it's a cross-town rivalry, but because they lost the game last week, they got a little bit more extra fire. Mm-hmm. And I remember that game last year, man. You guys put, what, 62 on USC last year, man. 62. That's got to be some bulletin board material uh, across town, though, man, I got to say, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure it is bulletin board material. (laughs) And when it comes down to these games, normally, I mean, we've won a lot of them because we're not a football school. You know, we're a basketball school. So they're looking like, okay, we're going to come smack these guys. And then we end up getting up for that game. 
in winning. We've had some losing seasons and won that game. So, I mean, it's, it's always a toss-up when it comes to rivalries. Yep, that is a great point. All right, man, how are your Bruins looking on the hardwood? Well, we look pretty good. Um, right now, we, we still haven't 100% got the chemistry yet. You know, it's still early. But this is a really, really good test uh, playing against Illinois. They're really good. They haven't really played anybody yet either. I mean, we, we, we played at least two teams that's expected to win their conference. Uh, these, these guys haven't really played anybody yet, but they have everybody back. Their experience with those guys that they are playing in the rotation. They have, some, they have two guys that are, are really good, and one's averaging 22 and another one's averaging 17. So uh, we're going to have to put the uh, brakes on those guys. And, and both teams play really good defense. So it's going to be a good battle tonight. All right, yeah. You see, uh, you, you Bruins beat up on my alma mater, man, to open the season. Beat up on Sac State, man. There you go. <laughs> is well, that hey, is we, that one of the conference champions you're talking about? <laughs> no, no. Uh, we can't let Sac State come in and beat up on us now. Come on. Exactly. No, but Long Beach, Long Beach State and, and, um, and um, Norfolk State. And Norfolk State are, are the ones that are favored to win their conference. Right, right, yeah. So uh, Bruins are ranked. Norfolk State been in the tournament. So the last couple of years, so I know, you know, yeah. Norfolk State, uh, famous alum Bobby Dandridge, man, went to Norfolk State. Yes, sir. There you go. See, really good. Bobby Dandridge, a really good guy too, man. Yeah. I mean, we already know what type of basketball player he was, but he was he's an excellent human being. Mm-hmm. There you go. And Tracy got to spend some time uh, playing for uh, uh, Bobby's old team, the old uh, Washington Bullets from uh, back in the day. Yep. But even though yep. you, you were a wizard. But uh, that's okay, man. Uh, I was a bullet for a year. That's true. You're a bullet for a year, as you should be. I, I'm still, I still, I, I still haven't forgiven him for changing the name, man. I, I, I'm, Me either. I'm still mad at him. <laughs> I am too. I'm right there with you. Our good friend Wes Unsell. There you go, man. Uh, yes, yes. Three and zero are the Bruins. Like you said, number eight in the country, uh, Tracy. Uh, I know. I know you're very objective. You know it's your team and everything. But the Bruins are legit number eight team. And if they are, what makes them so? I, I get nervous when they put the Bruins up high in the top ten because. There's a lot of growth that needs to happen to reach that level. You know, um, I think I think UCLA has some really really good pieces. Um, they have experience with Hawkins and, and, and Tiger Campbell and Singleton and Jalen Clark. Uh, Jalen Clark's playing really well right now. Uh, but but everybody else are extremely young. They're freshmen or, or sophomores or players who haven't had any experience or a lot of time on the court. So when, but they're talented. You have talented young guys. So to incorporate that young talent with these experienced guys, it takes a little bit of time. So I don't expect them to be number eight now, but towards the end of the season, they should be playing like number eight. You got Tiger Campbell back. You got uh, Haquez back. Uh, that That's nice. Jalen Clark. Jalen Clark. You know, uh, David Singleton. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, basically. And they're all playing well. Now, you guys got Amari Bailey. Any relation to Toby Bailey? No relation. But Amari <laughs> Bailey's a tremendous athlete, a really, really good player, five-star athlete. Um, he's another one. When you're young, you, it's, it's hard to just jump right in and be who you are. Mm-hmm. You got you to, you know, kind of put your foot in the water and, and, and feel the temperature up. And, and you're seeing guys already starting to figure it out a little bit. Uh, a damn owner is a monster, but he's got to figure figure out where he can be effective at. Mm-hmm. So you, you have guys that that are, are, are really good and that's going to make an impact, but I think it's going to be uh, from the, the halfway point on. That's when I think guys are really going to make an impact, especially the young fellas. All right, so the Illini you guys face tonight, tip-off at 6.30 at T-Mobile Arena. The Illini, like you guys, are 3-0. and No Kofi Coburn. He's not back. Man, that guy was thank a mo- goodness. that guy was a monster, wasn't he? <laughs> right, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, he's not back. What do you know but, about? But, you know, they they have a few guys that, that are that are really good. Though. So I mean, you you have to uh, you have to really uh, lock in and, and and really pay attention to the defensive uh, uh, scheme of, of, of how you're going to stop these guys because two guys almost averaging twenty a game. You know that's that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know we talked. Uh, 
when Mick Cronin was hired, and I think there was a lot of even going in after the first couple years, there was maybe some question marks, or maybe from Bruin alumni's case, is he the right guy? Uh, you know, with his system of what he displayed at Cincinnati. Now that he's been there a few years, what what is your overall take on Cronin? And has he adapted his system, his style, his recruiting uh, over the years? Well, well, here's the thing. When someone comes in your house and smack you around and plant their flag in the middle of the floor, how can you not consider them as a as as possibly the right person to bring in? Right. You know that Cincinnati team that he had came in and destroyed UCLA on our home court. And it was embarrassing. And and, and you know and, and he has a mentality, a a a, a mentality, and we need that at UCLA. So. If you have a pit bull at the helm, you're going to have a bunch of pit bulls following it. He recruits pit bulls. So if you, if, we, if you can have those type of kids come in and still meet the requirements uh, uh, for, for academics at UCLA, then we're on the right path. Mm-hmm. You also, when you have a guy come in at the beginning, uh, that first year and into the second year, you're still dealing with the other coaches, you know, recruits. you got to right, get right, your own guys right. in there and mm-hmm. adapt to right. your style. And this style that he had at Cincinnati and bringing it to UCLA is going to play well when you get into the Big Ten. He's, you're going to be better prepared uh, to go from a finesse conference to, you know, banging it inside with, you know, teams like Wisconsin, like Illinois and, you know, Ohio State, you know, college basketball. It's a much more physical conference, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and that's why the team did very well in the NCAA tournament when he took over, because he turned those guys who were soft into physical, you know, make you feel it type defenders. And when they picked up their defense and their physicality to go along with the, the offensive firepower and talent that they had, it was a Final Four run, and it was a Sweet 16 appearance. So uh, he made those guys, he made offers guys even tougher. So now, um, now he's starting to get his guys in there. Uh, I'm looking for great things for, for Coach Froman. All right, UCLA in action tonight, T-Mobile Arena against the Fighting Illini. They're going to tip it off uh, after 6:30, and then you got Baylor and Virginia playing uh, earlier, and that is at four o'clock at the uh, 2022 uh, Roman Main Event uh, tonight. In our our good friend uh, Brooks Downing and Company, those guys do a fantastic job uh, every year of uh, bringing these great tournaments and and great games in the non-conference season here to Las Vegas. Tracy, before we let you go, let's touch on some NBA here real quick. Obviously, the stories in the NBA are the Warriors and their uh, lack of success thus far. Uh, You can extend that to uh, your neck of the woods with LeBron James and and the Lakers as well, too. And then the Nets and everything that's going on over there with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So give us a quick take, man, on on what you've seen early on here in the first few weeks of the NBA season. Well, I I really don't start watching the NBA until playoff time or when I have to work a game that much. Mm -hmm. I keep an eye on Kessler Edwards. I keep an eye on Jordan McLaughlin because those are my guys that came up in our program. Yep. Um, but to give a little bit of a take, I'm a little. I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm surprised of the starts with, with some of these teams. Maybe Golden State, I'm surprised with their start. Um, but most of these other teams, I'm not really surprised with their start because it's chemistry is everything. And if your chemistry's off and or things are happening, uh, you're not going to have any success on the court. And, and that's probably the reason why some teams aren't doing as well as others. Yeah, that's true. All right, my man. Well, we'll let you uh, get to it. Uh, good luck on the broadcast of tonight. Tracy on the UCLA Bruins Network uh, Radio doing a fantastic job, as always, brother. So always uh, get a chance uh, to listen when I'm driving around in the car. So uh, good hearing you. And uh, obviously, let's make sure that we get a chance to, to see you here real soon, ne- your next trip. Oh, thanks, brother. And then how about those aces? I haven't talked to you since then. That's right. I'm so proud of them. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, proud, I'm proud of the aces. And there were some, you know, we have some Bruins in the office over there, okay? Yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do, man. We have a Bruin assistant and Natalie Williams in the office. Come on, man. We got some Bruins over there. You do. You do. And, uh, no, just, and <laughs> you know, not only I tell people this all the time, I mean, it's just uh, the, the players on the floor are fantastic, but – 
you know, yeah. uh, Nikki Vargas, Natalie Williams. I mean, just fantastic uh, people right. to work with. And Becky Hammond, I mean, what she has done, uh, you know, so Excellent. quick, so quickly as well, too. And I give Mark Davis a lot of credit as well, too. I mean, because he's hired some very uh, strong women. He's empowered them. Uh, and they, they had a fantastic season. And they will continue to have uh, fantastic seasons, in my opinion, going forward because they locked up, you know, basically their top six players for the next few years as well, too. And, uh, you know, you could talk all you want about Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, but, man, the, the organization as a whole, they have really delivered, and, and people in Vegas, they, they, they love them. Uh, hey, we all love them. I'm happy for them, and, and, you know, they represent Vegas well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, brother. Well, hey, uh, good luck uh, tonight, man. Look forward to talking to you quite a bit here uh, down the road, man. Appreciate you. Much love as always. No problem. Much love, TC. You guys take care, man. There he is, Tracy Murray, the UCLA Bruin Hall of Famer, also NBA champion back in the day, too, with the Houston Rockets. And Tracy had a, a fantastic year where, career, I should say, we played over 12 years in the NBA. And again, one of the best UCLA Bruin sharpshooters of all time. All right, Marco. So I know you probably haven't got into the the, the basketball scene as of yet because – as handicappers, I know that we kind of we dive so much into into the football. And we're going week by week, and I, I know I can speak for myself that um, I, I really start to dabble into it. You know, once we get into the first part of December, and that, that's when we get into it. And then, of course, conference play. Uh, you know, boom, we just officially change gears. But uh, I dove into a little bit of it uh, this past week. You know, when I made up my way to the Thomas and Mack Center, like I try to get to as many UNLV games as, as possible, and they played Dayton, and Dayton came in here ranked to number 21, uh, had a 12-point lead, looked like they were going to crush UNLV, and the Rebels came storming back, and we had Kevin Kruger on the day after, and, you know, Kevin joins us just about every week anyway. I'm very happy for him, very happy for this UNLV program, but uh, great start for them. And we understand that, you know, a lot of these teams, like we just mentioned with UCLA, Illinois, they play some cupcakes earlier on. UNLV had two cupcakes, but that third game was no cupcake at all, and they took it to a much uh, more physical and a taller Dayton team, and congrats to the Rebels for that victory. Yeah, like I said, I know a lot of Sharps that were on Dayton big in that game for the reasons that you just said. UNLV, you know, was an unknown commodity with the first two wins over, you know, suspect teams. But uh, I like where they're going under Kruger. And for the first time in several years, there's a little bit of an excitement with UNLV. And, you know, they've been on the back burner. I mean, since the Knights come to town, then the Aces, the success they had – UNLV's been a lost lost uh, commodity for what was for how many years was really the only sports that yeah, we had in was town a, was, was a staple exactly yeah. exactly so uh, and again I'm very happy about the Kevin Kruger hire I, I said it when he was hired and uh, wish him all all the best and uh, he's getting some players uh, I think that as you look at UNLV down the road. I think you have to be a little bit careful because I still think that they have some shooting deficiencies. They're a team that doesn't, they're not a great three point shooting team. Uh, they do play lockdown defense, uh, which is uh, very, very important. And it kind of reminded me of like, you know, Tony Bennett's uh, teams a little bit, the way they lock down defense. But good pressure uh, by UNLV uh, the first three games, especially in that game against Dayton, where, again, found themselves down a dozen points and they crawled their way back. Uh, battled their way back uh, with strong defense. So uh, hopefully they can uh, continue. And uh, they got a game tonight against High Point, which they're, they're expected to win. And then uh, they'll come back uh, uh, on Monday. And they'll go down to Southern California. So the schedule will get a little bit tougher. They're going to have some tough games uh, coming up here. And our good friend, the seven-footer, Big Bill Carwright, USF team, they're, they're, they are good again this year. So they're going to be coming to, to UNLV and uh, some other teams as well too. So looking forward to to, to that season and get get out to the Thomas and Mack Center to support uh, the Rebels. I will tell you, they listed the crowd at 5,700. That was loud in there the other night. Mm-hmm. It was loud. And so uh, happy for those, uh, those season ticket holders who have hung on to their tickets and have supported UNLV because a lot of those those boosters, they're, they're older demo. They still think, you know, that, that it's that it's 1989 and 1990, you know, <laughs> and uh, they get upset, you know, because hey, you know, Gucci row, man, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but slowly but surely, we're getting a little bit more of the Gucci back into it. Yeah, yeah. 
So good stuff there. All right. Uh, when we come back, we start diving into the football weekend. It is best bets time. Trevor Match will join us. We'll give you our three best college plays, our three best NFL. It is a football Friday here inside the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. I got something for you. Here's the man, the myth. The oracle has spoken. The mouth. You hear me talking? T.C. Martin. That's what we do. We go to work. Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Yes, it is work. It's a lot of work. Handicapping's a lot of work. Marco D'Angelo will tell you that. Trevor Maddich will tell you that. On fire here with our best bets coming up uh, very, very shortly here at the uh, world-famous Superbook at the Westgate. We're here each and every Friday, as you well know. So, uh, yes, continue to uh, follow us, uh, you know, online. Follow us individually at uh, on Twitter, Marco in Vegas, and uh, at TCMartin21, of course. And, of course, go to the website at TCMartinShow.com. And also, uh, we are on every available major podcast platform as well too so uh, make sure you spread the word about that and you can catch uh, the show whether it's live or on the podcast uh, later and all the interviews are up there as well too our staff does a fantastic job of getting all that up there on all of your major podcast platforms tc martin show so there you go and speaking of the website uh, the best bets up on the website as well too not only ours but our entire crew scott spritzer gilby the intern uh, as well up there as well. So make sure you check all of that out at tcmartinshow.com. Best bets. It's Friday. You know what time it is. Let's go. It's football Friday and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. All right. Our three best college plays, our three best NFL plays coming your way. Marco D'Angelo, TC Martin, and Trevor Maddich, who is sitting in the clubhouse at the outside of the ESPN studios, who is leading. That's right, Trevor Maddich having himself a fantastic season. Trevor, I don't know what it is, uh, but uh, you have caught fire. You are the king of the unders. Trevor had an under last week, I believe, in the Army game. It was like 46, 10-9 final. He is the king of the unders. You know what I think it is, Trevor? I think it's the beard. I think it's the beard. I, I think it is. I think the beard pulls me towards unders. They pull me towards bad offenses. Normally I reject bad offenses, but now I love them. See, I know people are, when they go to the website and they're looking at our picks and they're going, wait a minute, that's a clean shaven Trevor Maddich that's on the website. We see him on ESPN on Sports Center, and he's got the full Grizzly Adams beard here, Trevor. I, I, people don't know if it's you yeah. or not. Well, actually, makeup puts that green chroma key color on my face in the beard area. They project it on there. That way I don't get bothered when I go out to the mall and stuff like that, you know. There it is. Me and Elvis, we, we share that, you know. All right. So since you're, you're going so well, does that mean the beard is going to stay forever? Uh, you know what? I, I, it's kind of like Major League Baseball, right? Yeah. You, you don't you don't shave if you keep winning kind of a thing and uh, I'm, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to keep this for a while maybe I need to tank a little bit so I can shave it off yeah that's why Marco <laughs> looks like Santa Claus yeah. I can't grow it on top yeah, there you go there you go all right best bet time Trevor start us off here on a Saturday college football extravaganza all right Texas laying nine at Kansas. And I've got the Longhorns and lay the points. They were awful last week, losing as a seven-point favorite to TCU. TCU shut their offense out. The only touchdown that Texas scored in that game was a defensive touchdown for the Longhorns. They just were awful. But this is sort of a yo-yo team. They can be great. They can be bad. When you compare this matchup with Kansas, what you see is a Texas team that has an urgent need to right the ship this week and bounce back up against the Kansas team that is, is bowl eligible. I mean, they're they're kind of super happy. Another part of the matchup is that Texas has more skill players that can make plays. They're just more opportunities for things, good things to happen on offense than Kansas has. And their quarterback Jalen Daniels, who's been injured for since September, uh, the coach says he's really, really close to returning from injury. That means he's still limited by injury. 
And the guy that took his place, Jason Bean, has done very well, but he's listed questionable. He's banged up. I think you put together the banged-up quarterback position for Kansas and the fact that Texas has more talent, Texas has uh, more need to win this game. I think the Longhorns cover that nine points. All right, now you mentioned the under. So I guess I got to pick it under here, right? Sure. So Colorado State's at Air Force. The total is 42-5, and I'm going under that. And this is, is sort of two principles here. One principle is that Colorado State, bless their hearts, is one of the worst teams in the country. They just can't do anything, really. Their defense is kind of decent. I guess they can do that a little bit. But their offense, they've got a running back that can move the ball. They've got a quarterback that's completing 70% of his passes, but they can't get into the end zone. They're one of the worst scoring teams in the country. And against this Air Force defense, I'd be surprised if they get a touchdown. They might get a couple of field goals. I think Air Force would have to cover this thing uh, to go over the total if, uh, if it does go over the total. Plus, the other principle is that Colorado State's played 10 games this year, covered nine unders. Air Force has been under three of their last four. So I think, you know, you put together the matchup with that trend, and I'll just stay with the trend. So I've got Colorado State Air Force under 42-5. And then, because you like under so much, T.C., I'm taking another under. Whoa! I'm going with the rivalry game, the big game, Cal Stanford. The total is 46.5, and I think that one goes under. These are two teams that are largely horrific on offense. I mean, neither team can move the ball. It's really putrid. Neither team has a very good defense either. And that's a little worrisome when you're going with an under that the defenses are so bad. But this being a rivalry game, remember that it's easier to break things than to build things. Mm. And defense breaks, offense builds. You know, I think in this rivalry game, it's going to matter to these players. Nobody's going to mail this one in. I think everyone's going to be flying around. And the bad defense was flying around trumps bad offenses flying around. I'll take the under. All right. Love it. All right. Trevor, the king of the unders, coming with two of them. Marco, what do you got? Well, we uh, teased this one uh, earlier, talking about the TCU-Baylor game. I am taking Baylor plus two and a half. They laid a complete egg last week, but that was sandwiched between Oklahoma and the TCU game. They became bowl eligible with the win over Oklahoma, so they had nothing to play for last week. You'll see them play this week. And TCU, going against them, they cannot match the intensity that they had last week against Texas. Uh, Upset City, Baylor. Next one I'm going with, NC State. Uh, They laid an egg at home as well, losing to Boston College as a 20-point favorite last week. I am looking for them to bounce back big, but I'm also looking to go against uh, Louisville in this game. Louisville plays their arch rival, uh, or I should say in-state rival next week, Kentucky, and they're coming off that Clemson battle last week. This is a great spot for NC State. I got the better defense getting points. Uh, I always do that. Their defense is ranked 13th in college football, allowing just 18 points per game. And then the last one, one of the big ones, UCLA and USC. I think we might be going head-to-head in this one. I'm not sure. I am taking the Bruins to get the job done at home. They lost last week. Another team I felt got caught looking ahead to this one. All the pressure's on USC. They have a chance to crash the party of that top four for the playoffs. It's the only team that can make it, I feel, out of the Pac-12. But they're going to lose to this team. That defense is wearing down for USC. If you look at it, yeah, they score a lot of points, but that defense has given up more points every week. And we saw that with Lincoln Riley's teams in Oklahoma. Why? The offense scores too quick. The defense gets back out there for more plays. By the time you're at the end of the season, they wear out. This is going to be a high-scoring game, boys. I'm taking the Bruins. Team with the ball last wins. Total 76 in that game, too. <laughs> and that's not, it might not be enough. Yeah, it might not I, be enough. We right. might get to 100 in this. All right. Well, two of the three games on my docket, uh, one's Trevor, one is you. The big game. The 40th anniversary of the band is on the field. I remember it well. Trevor, you remember it because we were back in Northern California. That's right. Stanford and Cal, five trombones and a lateral later. We're going to do it again 40 years later. And I am not on a total in this game. I am on the Stanford Cardinal. I'm taking the Cardinal plus four and a half in this one. Now, we go back to 1982. We'll talk about that a, a little bit later on. 
but this is a little revenge game from 1982 for Stanford. It's a revenge game from last year because Cal beat him down last year. They crushed him. But Cal's a mess this year. Justin Wilcox just fired his offensive coordinator, Bill Musgrave. These guys were not on the same page at any point in time this year. And he fires Musgrave right before the big game. Very strange here. Tells you how bad things are on the campus there in Berkeley. I have more faith in David Shaw as a head coach than I do Justin Wilcox. That's the bottom line. He's going to have his team prepared. Stanford is better on both sides of the ball. Trevor, you're right. Both teams are dreadful offensively. They're both horrible defensively. But I think Cal is worse defensively. They're giving up 37 points per game. Offensively, they're only scoring 22. So, you know, Musgrave, you know, he was in charge of the offense, only averaging, you know, 22 points per game. And then Wilcox, you know, he's in charge of the defense. I mean... They were terrible, giving uh, up 37 a game. I just don't have any faith in Cal whatsoever. Wilcox is probably on the verge of losing his job as well, too. Stanford is the more stable team. Stanford in that revenge factor 40 years ago. Stanford revenge from last year. Give me the Cardinal, thinking they win the game outright, but I will gladly take the four and a half. Then... I'm going to go over to South Carolina. We've got Tennessee laying 21 and a half against South Carolina. Tennessee is on the outside looking into the college football playoff. They're currently at number five. They are looking to make a statement. I say they are going to blast South Carolina. Usually don't like teams in this spot, especially on the road, but... South Carolina is atrocious. Uh, Tennessee's been blasting everyone who is not as good as them. 66-24 over Missouri. 44-6 over a Kentucky team who was in the top 10 when they blasted them. Uh, they put up 52 against Alabama. They put up 40 against LSU, and they crushed them, what, you know, 40-13. to 13. So, yes, number one team in the nation in scoring are the Tennessee Volunteers, averaging 47 points per game. Yardage, number one in the nation at 544 yards per game. And then we look at South Carolina. They just got roasted and toasted last week by Florida, 38-6. to Two weeks earlier, they scored 10 against Missouri. In two of their last three games, they've scored six and they've scored 10. So, yes, I think Tennessee is going to roll up the score, make a statement here. I'm going to gladly lay the 21 and a half. And, yes, I am going to go to the Rose Bowl, USC, UCLA. All I have to say, guys, is 62 to 33 last year. 62-33 Bruins. Can you say bulletin board material? I say bulletin board material. Lincoln Riley, you better have these guys ready to go. Let's remember, USC is 9-1, and one, all right? 9-1, and one, and they had that kind of controversial loss, all right? They're third in the country in scoring, giving up a rather average of 42 points per contest. And Caleb Williams has been fantastic. Trevor's talked about him before. And coming over from Oklahoma, this guy is the real deal. He's accounted for 37 touchdowns, 31 through the air, six on the ground. UCLA can score too. Granted, I'll give you that. But USC, in my opinion, is the better team all around. They're a more explosive team offensively. And UCLA, defensively, they're no bargain. They gave up 45 to Oregon, 36 to Arizona State. 34 last week to Arizona. And yeah, I know it was a look-ahead game, but when you get beat by Arizona the way you did, man, USC's coming to town. This is going to be a shootout. Marco's right. Probably fly over 76, but I'm going to bank on USC, their defense, getting one more stop than UCLA. I will take the Trojans minus two and a half. There we go. All right, NFL side. Trevor, what do you got? Okay. I, I, I... You like me with unders, don't you? Okay, well, I'm looking at this. I Jets like you Patriots with whatever game. you like, Trevor. Well, you know, I, I well, we'll see. You know, you, you like a winner, uh, TC. That's right. Uh, as soon as I'm not leading anymore, you're gonna you're gonna like Marco a whole lot better. Uh, I don't know how this works. That's uh, a bold statement for me to like Marco better than anybody. I don't know. Yeah, well, Marco, Marco's man. I've been following Marco's stuff for a while, yeah. and Marco knows what he's talking about. Hey, you know, our, I, our, I tend to run this. into a pile for a while and think I'm a baker. Our what? crew is fantastic. Our crew has been fantastic from day one that we've been doing this, going back to 2015. So I'm just saying we're rock solid. Go ahead on, Trevor. Right, actually, it is. I, although we do have to, we do have to make fun of Scott a little bit because he's not here right now. That's true. So we'll do that later. <laughs> uh, so, so, so the Jets at the Patriots, right? 
So the total on this one is 38, and I like the under on this one. That's a really low number. But then you've got to look at at how these teams, how they win. You know, the, the Patriots win with defense largely because their offense is a, is a rip-roaring mess. Um, by advanced metrics and, and offensive efficiency, the Patriots' offense is 25th in the league. That's pretty bad. The Jets win by not letting Zach Wilson do very much. They want to have him throw safe balls because he tends to throw it to the other side too much at this stage of his career. Run the ball and then lean on that defense, right? Uh, and against Bill Belichick, his first three games against Belichick, Wilson has two touchdowns, seven interceptions. Let me say that again. Two touchdowns, seven interceptions. Now, this is the fourth game, so you think that he would be really great. But he threw three picks when they played earlier this season, and the media jumped all over Zach Wilson. I like Zach Wilson. He's a BYU guy. I like him. But the coach didn't help when he came out and said, well, maybe the media was too mean to him after that game. Maybe maybe they just judged him for four or five bad plays when I see it as four or five learning opportunities. <laughs> no! That's what you say in Pee Wee football. You do not say that about a quarterback in the market of New York. <laughs> so anyway, so all that stuff is pretty bad. But until that offense does better against these Patriots, then uh, then I'm still going to leave with the Patriot defense. Also, when you look at both defenses, the last five games, when advanced defensive metrics, which you won't get into the weeds right now, they're the top two defenses in the NFL. So you've got two defenses that are hot right now. You've got a Patriots offense that is generally putrid, and I don't know. You know, they may they may pull the starter and put in Bailey Zappi again, right? <laughs> Mac Jones, he might, might not make it to the end of this game. So we'll see how that works out. To me, it all adds up to the under. Uh, I just don't uh, I just don't trust either of these offenses to do too much. Now, Cincinnati at the Steelers laying four. I like Cincinnati laying the four. Actually, I like Cincinnati laying more than that. Even though in the first game, in the opener, the Steelers kind of waxed them, and Joe Burrow had a bad game, but he had an emergency appendectomy because it burst in the summer. He should not have been playing that game at all. Because of that, the Steelers were focused on Joe Mixon because Burrow wasn't very good. It's a different team. The offensive line of the Bengals is playing a whole lot better, and even though Jamar Chase is still banged up, I think with Joe Mixon, and with the other receivers that Burrow has at his disposal, I think they will cover this and cover it quite comfortably. I get it that the Steelers are great at home and they cover at home and all that other stuff. This is a one-game matchup, and I think the matchup definitely favors the Bengals on both sides of the ball, actually. And then, Chiefs at Chargers. This is another weird one because the Chiefs are laying five. And I like Kansas City laying the five. They're better on both sides of the ball than the Chargers are. Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense, you know, is, is really the best offense in the NFL right now and certainly the most consistent offense. Defense still isn't all that great, but I don't really believe in the Chargers that much. And, and let me tell you why. When you, when you look at the stats and what these teams have done, that's important. But there's another, there's another metric that's important, and that's strength of schedule. The Chargers have done what they did against the easiest schedule in the NFL. The Chiefs have done what they've done against the hardest schedule in the NFL. And the Chargers are just banged up. I mean, badly, badly banged up. I mean, there's a lot been said about their receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, you know, Allen's got a hammy, Williams has got an ankle, and they've missed a couple of games, and they've been practicing this week. We'll see how they are. But I don't think they'll be 100%. Their defensive line, the Chargers, is also banged up. And this whole team just has a whole bunch of banged up problems. And the Chiefs are coming in there on a roll, on a hot roll. And I think the Chiefs are going to cover that five again rather easily. All right, there it is. Trevor Maddich coming strong. Marco D'Angelo, what do you got in the NFL? All right, I'm going to start with the first one, Dallas at Minnesota. You've got the 8-1 and one Vikings. They're an underdog at home. What's going on with that? It's a trap. I'm going to tell you why. Minnesota's 8-1. and one. They've played two teams. They've only beaten two teams with a winning record. One was Miami. Tua was out. The other one was last week against Buffalo, and we saw how that unfolded and how lucky they were to get that win. I'm going with Dallas in this one. Next one, Trevor, we agree. I'm on Cincinnati with you, my friend. They're going against my Steelers, but you didn't mention the most important factor of why 
Cincinnati's going to win this game. The Steelers are 2-0 and this year when the Pigeons land on the playing field. <laughs> this game has been moved to 425. It was oh, going to be the no. night game. It's 425. That's right. Yeah. And the Steelers actually checked with the Pittsburgh Aviary. Yeah. Pigeons will not land that late. So oh. no Pigeons. Oh. We're safe. Cincinnati lay it. <laughs> I tell you. Love it. I, I hate watching a football game where Pigeons are on the field. Now, squirrels I can tolerate. The squirrel Lambeau Field, outstanding. Lives right underneath. They had a buffet at the 50-yard line. Grassy, yeah. man. So, <laughs> well, well, again, Heinz Field, and what do you expect? It's a short... Or, or whatever you call whatever, it now. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Ketchup field, whatever yeah. it is. Okay. Third play we're going with is we're going to take those Las Vegas Raiders. Uh-oh. I am. They're going to circle the wagons <laughs> like the Buffalo Bills here because this is it. If they don't win this week... TC, they are on the auto fade the rest of the season. If this team, this team was embarrassed last week. They were the laughing stock of the NFL, losing to the Colts in Jeff Saturday. Everybody made a big deal about how bad that was going to turn out for the Colts, and they took it to the Raiders. And let's be honest, Denver's offense can't do anything. Take the Raiders plus the points, and I'm going to have them on a couple teasers too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Up to eight and a half. Wow. Okay. Marco, gutsy call there. Well, they have owned the Raiders. You know, they've won, what, uh, what six of the last seven. All right, guys. Uh, you want to talk about trap games? And Jake Cornegay brought this game up, too. I looked at it, and I said, nah, it can't be a trap. Giants against the Lions. Giants only laying three in the Meadowlands. Great spot for New York. Detroit, dead last in defense in just about every category. Not going to be very good facing Saquon Barkley. Detroit offense with Jared Goff, yeah, he's going to be seeing a lot of Dexter Lawrence because Dexter Lawrence has been unstoppable for the Giants. He's a one-man wrecking crew. Look out, Lions. Look out, Lions offense. Look out, Jared Goff. Uh, Detroit, is uh, their offense is actually coming back to earth. Two of their last three games on the road, They scored zero at New England. They scored six at Dallas. They only scored 15 at home against Green Bay two weeks ago. You guys remember that? Last week, I'm going to throw it out the window. Yeah, they scored 31 points, but that was against the lowly Chicago Bears. All right, and and 21 of those points came in the fourth quarter late in the game. I think it's a great spot for the Giants. They're playing good good football. They are relevant here at the end of November. Take the Giants, lay the three. Buffalo and Cleveland. The Bills lost two in a row. Not going to be three, especially against Cleveland, and especially since the game is not in snowy conditions. I understand the the Bills are leaving their home in Orchard Park, but I love the fact that they're going to be playing to Detroit because it's indoors. It's clear and fast. Buffalo might score 45 or 50 in this game against the Browns' defense. Yes, I really believe that this is a great spot for Buffalo uh, Josh, uh, uh, whatever his name is, Josh Allen. He's got Josh McDaniel in my mind. You got this Raider thing going on. Uh, yes, Josh Allen, uh, he was kind of a nightmare last week, right? Uh, especially at the end. But uh, look for him to take care of business. Bad news for the Brownies this week. The Bills are very aware of blowing second-half leads. That's not going to happen this week. And, again, the game in Detroit. Lay the seven, seven-and-a-half, whatever it is, with the Bills against Cleveland. And remember, Buffalo... They're going to be very comfortable because they're staying in Detroit. The reason why this game is in Detroit because Buffalo has Thanksgiving Day game against the Lions. So now they're going to play two games in the same building within a five-day span. So go, go, Buffalo. All right, and uh, I'm with Trevor here. Kansas City against the Chargers. I love KC on the road because you get value with, with Kansas City. You're only laying five here, and they are a very good road team. They scored 44 at San Francisco. They scored 41 at Tampa Bay. And it's just going to feel like a home game because we know that the Chiefs are going to have more fans in the stands at SoCal Stadium than the Chargers are. So here's another key note here. Keenan Allen hasn't basically played all year. He's listed as questionable, probably doubtful. The Chargers have 19 players listed on their injury report. All right. Obviously, their wide receiving core is depleted. Joey Boza is out. Casey, by more than a touchdown, no problem. Not worried about it. I'll take the Chiefs in this one. All right. Those are our best bets. Trevor Match, my man, I like your picks, man. I like your picks. Well, I, and, and yeah, I like your thoughts. Thank Casey. Pick. Yeah, my closing thought is this. 
the lowly Chicago Bears. You called them the lowly Chicago Bears, the monsters of the midway. <laughs> yes. The lowly Chicago Bears, the, the shuffling crew, Jim McMahon, Refrigerator Perry, Sweetness, the lowly. Oh, it breaks my heart that you're right. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's your closing oh, thought. I feel terrible about that. You feel terrible about that. The lowly Chicago I do. Person. All right. I All right. feel awful about that. All right. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, I appreciate uh, you joining us again. We will talk to you next week, my friend. So good luck with the picks. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Marco. There he is. Trevor Maddich. You can catch Trevor, of course, on ESPN on Center, And, of course, he'll be doing the marathon on the radio side uh, coming up uh, tomorrow as well, too. All right. So we're going to close out the show talking about the big game. That's right. The 40th anniversary of a game that I remember so well in 1982. The band is on the field. Here we go with the kickoff. He'll probably try to squib it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline. Another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. They tried to do a couple of... The ball is still loose as they get it to Rodgers. They give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. Oh, the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going to the end zone. Will it count? The Bears have scored, but the bands are out on the field. There were flags all over the place. Everybody's milling around on the field. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heartrending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game over Stanford. Oh, excuse me for my voice, but I have never, never seen anything like it in the history of I've ever seen any game in my life. The Bears have won it. There will be no extra points. The big game, 1982, Cal wins 25-20. to 20. Uh, Memorable game. Marco, you've, I know you've seen the highlights or whatever, but, you know, Trevor and I being Northern California guys, we remember that. And uh, there were quite a few players that were in that game. John Elway, obviously the quarterback of Stanford. Uh, Gail Gilbert was the quarterback for Cal. Rod Gilmore, who does great work with ESPN, he was on that Stanford team as well too. Ron Rivera. The coach of the Commanders, he was part of uh, in that game with Cal. Uh, Emil Harry, Dwight Gardner, yeah. And Joe Starkey, who was the announcer there for the Cal Golden Bears, still is the announcer. Joe Starkey retiring after this game. He is calling his last big game and 40 years for Joe Starkey, one of a, a barrier legend. So, uh Great career for Joe Starkey. All right, I want to thank Tracy Marie for joining us uh, today. Of course, Trevor Maddich, Jay Cornegay here from the Westgate. Marco, thank you very much, my friend, and good luck to you this weekend. Appreciate it. All right, uh, we're back at it again Monday. Make sure you join us. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. The best bets are up on the website. You can see all of our picks up there as well as uh, Scott Spicer and Gilby the intern, our entire crew and our staff. All right, have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy everything. We're back at it on Monday, and remember, have yourself a glorious weekend.